What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! 1500 ESPN's Beer Show is on the air. Presented in part by Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, and Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Now, alongside Mike Fratelloni, here's Chris Reavers. That's right, it's Thursday night, it's beer show night right here on 1500 ESPN. As always, you can find us online at 1500ESPN.com. My name is Chris Reavers. By my side is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, sir. How you doing, Reavers? I am great. It's an action-packed episode of the beer show. We've got a cast of thousands joining us today. Ryan, our buddy from uh, Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, been with us since day one, is also here in studio. What's up, Ryan? I didn't start doing sound effects. That, no, that wasn't no. you. No, that, that was me. That, of course, was BT, our buddy from Craft Tapped, and he is also here in studio with us this evening to kick off the weekly beer run. It's, uh, it's kind of a cool little dynamic of an episode for this week edition of the weekly beer run so why don't you set the stage properly so the audience like the beer show host doesn't get terribly confused right so you know we we've been doing this for about five years now right and more than yeah, yeah over, over five, five years. years and you know certain guys in this industry uh especially in the american craft beer industry that are uh really important to uh to where we are today they're you know they were they're fundamental to the the growth of this uh modern craft beer craze that we're in right now and uh Larry Bell is one of those guys, right? So we all know Larry from from Bell's Brewing, of course, but uh, they've also uh, got another brewery. He has another brewery now called Upper Hand, and that's in uh, the UP of Michigan. And Larry is actually joining us tonight, which is quite a treat. Nice. So, Larry, first of all, thank you for making time for us uh, little beer show nerds here in uh, in uh, the Twin Cities, and we really appreciate your time, sir. I just, I'm not required to do sound effects, am I? Well, if you can give us your best one right off the bat, that would really help kind of break the ice. Uh, yeah, I think I'll okay, pass. Got it, got it, got it. No that was a pretty good laser gun I had going, Larry. Come on, give it a go. Well, Larry, for, seriously, though, thank you so much for our, for your time. Uh, so explain to the listener kind of your transformation. Well, not really transformation, but so here you are. You're the owner and the founder of Bell's Brewing, but but you also have this little project called Upper Hand Brewing, and not so little because you guys are seeing a lot of success with Upper Hand Brewing. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, it is, it's pretty little, you know, it's uh, about 1% of our, of the total Bell's universe. And so my family history uh, involves the Upper Peninsula. When uh, ancestors came from Denmark, my great uncle Lawrence, uh, they actually came to Evanston. They settled in Evanston because that was the home of the Women's Christian Temperance Union. And uh, my ancestors like that, which is scary. <laughs> Those <laughs> ladies are the best. <laughs> but thank God for great uncle Lawrence, who said, I'm out of here. And he heads for the UP to a place called Gulliver. And and so the Bell family has owned property in Gulliver since 1911 or, you know, some whatever name and i i still own a fa- old family uh as we say in the up camp i got camp on gulliver lake and so it's always been part of my history and um you know i, I brewed some beer in the up home brewed and i always had a fantasy about having a brewery up there and then uh, there was this building that i drove by 
And one year it came up for sale, and I just thought this would be the cool spot for a brewery. And it turned out the building was crap. <laughs> um, but but the hunt was on, and we wound up uh, in Escanaba, which is sort of the the crossroads of the UP. Um, you know, it's the number one traffic corner in the UP, and there's a lot of industrial services because you've got other industries there. So a lot of good support for putting a brewery in there, and I pass through there on a regular basis, so it's easy for me to, to get there and say, say hi at the brewery. And we don't hide the fact that it's owned by Bells, mm-hmm. um, but it's not Bells, sure. right? It does all its own brews, and it it celebrates the, the culture of the Upper Peninsula. So, Larry, let me ask you, because you were leading right into my next question, because for me personally, outside of a couple of local uh, products, really Bells Two-Hearted was really the craft beer that got me into being a craft beer nerd. So I'm kind of curious... When you make, and I'll just call it, you don't have to, I'll, 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 I'll blow smoke, but when you make such a perfect craft beer, do you often get asked, well, how are you going to top that, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, the Twin Cities historically has been a huge two-hearted market for us, um, you know, for a long time. So thanks to everybody in the Twin Cities for supporting us. But, you know, everything has a life cycle, uh, right? Uh, there was a time when Budweiser, you know, one in four beers in America sold was Budweiser, and now it's heading towards the uh, the trash heap. So you always have to be looking at, at new things and new products. You know, somebody asked me the other day, am I ever going to make a hazy beer? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm pretty sure in 1991 I started making Oberon as a hazy wheat beer. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so, you know, everything, everything changes, and we're always looking for new things to try out. Do you have a beer philosophy, is philosophy difference between the two bells and upper hand? I mean, is there a, a total uh, flavor profile difference that you're trying to attain? Um, there are some, if you did the Venn diagram, there's some flavors that might overlap, but like those guys up there make a light, we make a light lager up there, right? Because that's, the UP is all about drinking quantity. <laughs> and uh, so, um, you know, like today is 906 day. So the whole area code of the Upper Peninsula is 906, right? That's cool. And we make a beer called 906, which happens to be 9.06% alcohol. So there's a lot of people getting seriously messed up in the UP <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but, we, you know, we make a lot of stuff that's more sessionable, too. We got a new one out called Deer Camp. Um, you know, and it's meant for being able to drink quantity of. And, you know, philosophy-wise, they might sponsor events that Bells wouldn't normally think about sponsoring because the culture is different up there. So, yeah, we, we do some different things. So, Larry, right now, just to let our audience know, I, of course, they're familiar with uh, Upper Hand because they're they're seeing it here in liquor stores in the Twin Cities. But, uh, you know, Minnesota is one of the few markets you can find Upper Hand in right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just Minnesota upper wisconsin or northern wisconsin and in michigan is that correct and the up and the up yeah sold only where people talk funny eh? right <laughs> so is, is that is that the the goal then is just to kind of maintain that footprint and, and not expand outside of of that those those three markets you know what i th- i think they got a pretty good accent over there in north dakota too so um you know we might eventually get over to north dakota um and that's that the goal is to sort of contain it that way um, we'll have to see over time whether that's there's enough volume uh, there for us to to really do it 
okay, but the goal is to not sell it below the Mackinac Bridge and to kind of help promote uh, tourism up to the Upper Peninsula. What beer, if I've never had an upper hand beer, what is a good gateway beer for me to try? What would be the first upper hand you'd want me to to drink? Well, we we now make an IPA up there too, but um, instead of we started out instead of making IPA, we make UPA, um, upper, <laughs> upper Peninsula Ale. Um, so um, you know that's. Uh, uh, a nice hoppy beer without being over the top. Uh, our Escanaba black beer has a nice roasty flavor, but again, also very sessionable. Um, you can crank down a lot of them, uh, you know, trying to keep the alcohol low. Um, so, you know, the, those two are probably represent the, the brewery very well. Uh, Larry Bell is the guest here on the Beer Show, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Larry is the owner and founder of Bell's Brewing. He is also talking about his new beer company, Upper Hand Brewing. And, uh, Larry, I'm curious because when you're starting up a new project like this, obviously you're going to get excited because it's kind of a new toy, but does it also afford you the opportunity to maybe try uh, some different things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to with a big brand like Bell's? You know, yeah, and and you know, it's a, it was a little slow getting started up there, and um, but now the staff up there really's got their sea legs, and they're the ones driving the recipe development and uh, how they celebrate the culture through beer up there. They they become pretty uh, autonomous in what they're doing, so you know, of course. If there's a problem or something, they've got the mothership to to back them up. Sure. But then there's times where they're coming up with something, and guys down here say, "Now what did what did they do up there? <laughs> oh, no, oh, that's that's pretty interesting." So you know, there, there's some some sharing of knowledge, and they don't really they don't act as a test brewery for bells. We've got plenty of that, um, but sometimes they come up with an idea that that staff down here will find interesting and and maybe. It's a guideline for something they want to do. I got to imagine, Larry, hey, it's BT from Craft Tapped. I got to imagine that maybe some of the beers that the folks at Upper Hand are doing might make its way to the Bell's purview. I mean, something that they're doing there on a smaller scale might be something you would ramp up on the bigger scale that the Bell's Brewery has. Or we might, we would maybe make an adaptation of sure. it for ourselves. There's, without telling you, there there was a couple products that were pretty close in an overlap there for a while. Um, um, so, you know, that can happen, sure. What are you drinking right now, by the way? I am not, because when I'm done with this phone call, I'm heading on the road to Chicago. So. Hey, Larry, Larry, when you're doing radio, you're just supposed to lie. Just lie. Just go along. No yeah. one will know the difference. <laughs> first rule of Larry, radio. Larry, I will tell you, this is the first time I've had your product, and I am enjoying Laughing Fish, by the way. This yeah. is a fantastic summer beer. Yeah, thank because you. I'm still hanging on to summer. I don't care if there's a football game tonight, Larry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's end of season. I didn't, you know, I didn't mention Laughing Fish, uh, but yeah, it is end of season. You know, and uh, you know, you guys know, I'm sure more than anybody about seasonal creep these days. Oh and, man, you know when Oktoberfest is coming out on July 15th. Um, so. Um, but yeah, Laughing Fish did really well for us this year. So, so that, 
You, you opened Bells in 83, correct, with, with nothing else. What else was in the market when you opened Bells? Well, um, I opened the homebrew store in 83, and then uh, Bells opened selling beer in 85. In 85. So you were really one of the pioneers of this, right? What, what were you looking at? What were you drinking then where you said, I, I can do this? You know, you're drinking Anchor, uh, Sierra, you know, if you could get some of these products uh, back in Michigan. Um, I studied with a guy named Bill Newman out in Albany, New York. Um, you know, Chess Bay had opened out east. Uh, the Trade Association tells me I'm the oldest craft brewer east of Boulder. <laughs> um, there were others I'm, uh, because I'm, I'm the first one that that survived. For yeah. crying out loud, Larry, are they talking about your brewery or about you? Jeez, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did just celebrate a big birthday. Um, but, um, yeah, getting up there. So, um, you know, Mark Stutrud over at, uh, at Summit, yep. um, Mark took the same class I took out in Albany, New York, and I think the two of us are the only ones that went on from that class to open breweries. And um, so I think they opened... 87, uh, right? 86. About six months after we opened, I believe Summit opened. Now, do you brag because you've been op- because you guys are older than he is? Is that a fun thing you like to hang over his head, Larry? No, no, okay. no, no. Well, I, you should. <laughs> no, I, Mark I would love that. Yes, I would. celebrate the fact that both of us did that that course and and you know and and went on and I think in between us. Uh, uh, age-wise, is Sprecher. Well, now you're you got and now you got my curiosity peaked because Mark has been on the show half a dozen times and has always told the story of you know when he was you know trucking his beer for Summit around to different watering holes and just getting rejection after rejection. Was it that same type of path that you that you forged with uh, with Bell's back in the day? Because I have to imagine back then, obviously we didn't we weren't educated like we are today. That there was a lot of rejection being dealt with back in the mid eighties as it relates to craft beer. Oh, you know, absolutely. Our first full year, we you know we made one hundred and thirty five. We sold one hundred and thirty five barrels worth of beer. Wow. Um, you know, when I finally started driving over to Ann Arbor. They wanted to know if I was related to a company that had been over there called the Real Ale Company, who only made it 15 months and put a lot of infected beer on the market. So, you know, Ann Arbor, which is now our number one market, um, was tough because they had had a bad experience with craft beer. Wow, that's really amazing. So you had that same trials and tribulations. What was the, do you remember any of the sales calls where you just thought, what am I doing? Is this the right thing to do? Because this is much harder than I thought it was. Or, as Studrud said, it was just easy from day one, and he's just cashing checks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. smooth sailing, baby. Yes. Yeah, you know, because early early days, you know, we didn't have any money at all. We started, you know, I started with a fifteen gallon soup pot and some garbage pails for fermenters, and um, we didn't. We sold other beer, like we sold Huber beer. For just over cost, because in Michigan we got the ten cent deposit, yeah. mm-hmm. so people would bring them back. I was supplying a blind pig, <laughs> you know. Hold it, you guys are here for your third pallet of beer this week. Wow, you guys are really thirsty. But they, <laughs> but and we hand washed and sanitized and hand filled and hand capped, hand labeled all the bottles that we did. Um, so you know, it was a it was a lot of work. Was our quality as as good as it should have been? No, um, 
but by the time the market was turning here and people were getting interested, we'd learned a lot about quality and made a lot of mistakes, and we were well well positioned as people started getting interested in craft beer. Larry, the tap room's a big part of what my company does for for breweries and and uh, and the brewing world. And I'm curious, do, do you spend time in the tap rooms either at Bell's or when you visit Upper Hand? Because nothing like that firsthand. You're drinking with somebody; they're right in the room. And uh, you get their opinion about what's going on. You get their feedback. Does that happen for you? Well, staff staff is there uh, keeping logbooks about opinions uh, for things. Um, but uh, yeah, well, certainly if I'm at upper hand, I got to, you know, they've got experiments on. Of course, I got to be in the <laughs> yeah. <camp. laughs> research and development. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I got to have some samples, and you know, we're always doing doing stuff. Uh, here at the bar, so, uh, you know, if I'm sitting down with somebody, I, I'm trying samples, you know, I'll come, or if I'm just passing through, I'll get a little five-ounce sample. Uh, if something new I haven't had, give me a five-ouncer so I, uh, I can hear about it. And, uh, you know, it, it's the best way is to try these out w- with your customer base and hear what they have to say. Hey, Larry, it's Ryan from Elevated. Uh, you know, question for you. We often talk about the camaraderie in this industry and in Minnesota, especially here in the Twin Cities, you know, outside of Summit and Shells, they're, you know, it's a, it's a much younger scene than you guys have out there in Michigan, especially in Western Michigan. Um, do you, are, do you see some of those same things happening in, in your, in your market out there uh, with Bells or Upper Hand, uh, you know, in terms of a lot of support? Um, and, and even harkening back to, you know, some of the other breweries that, that you've been around much longer than that, like Founders and, and New Holland, is there that sense of, you know, we're, we're in this together still, or is that, is that changing for you guys at all? I think it's been changing for a little bit, uh, and it's, there's been so many new guys that have opened, right? Uh, all the new players and they're all sort of, uh, you know, of a class together, and I see a lot of camaraderie with them because they they have a lot a lot in common. Um, they have a lot more in common with each other than they may have with me. Uh, you know, the old fart who's been around for a long time and is much larger. And then there's like all us old school guys who remember back in the day when you went to Great American Beer Festival or the Craft Brewers Conference, and we all knew each other. And so you know, there's sort of that class, that old group that's there and then you know and then there's been some changes with you know the people that have sold out right Mm -hmm. they're not so much in the in the group anymore um you know that that changes the industry a little bit um you know uh we don't do we used to do a lot more testing for breweries you know and now and then for a small guy if they need something i'm happy to to run their beer through the laboratory but we were doing some other things and then you know i saw a brewer friend of mine we did some testing for and he said well i'm suing these guys and you proved it i'm like "Ah, am i getting a subpoena and um he said maybe so you know you want to help people out but then then there's, you know, the serious legal side of things. 
Yeah, that just doesn't, it sometimes is just not worth it. You got to just separate yourself out from your competition in some cases. That's one thing that Mark says too. He, he Mark's a little, Mark Sudrud's a little frustrated because he's, he said, uh, you know, two lawyers will go ahead and open a brewery down the block from him and that they don't know much about brewing. And, and you know, he, he doesn't go open a, a law office two blocks from those guys <laughs> and say, well, I'm just going to become a lawyer now. And, and we've seen a lot of that in this industry, I think. Yeah, there's, you know, uh, there's certainly a lot of people, and we saw this in the late 90s, too, the lawyer and the urologist and the accountant, hey, look, there's money in this, and and then they they buy all the equipment and say, hey, you know what we need? We need somebody to make beer for us. Yeah. Do you <laughs> yeah. know anybody? Um, I'll, I'll buy beer from a urologist, not just not a proctologist. I'm just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and right now there's there are very little uh barriers to entering the business. There's a lot of cheap equipment and, um, you know, there's consultants that'll hold your hand and get you in, uh, real quick. Uh, So, you know, uh, you like to think that, that it's all good beer out there, but it's not, um, you know, just because it's local doesn't necessarily mean it's good. If it's, if it's local and it's good, well, that's a win-win. Um, but you know, I, I really think it's about quality, and um, you know that's what we focus on is is quality and consistency, and then also you know innovation and um, you know making sure that the consumer can can trust that if it's coming from us that it's that it's going to be a, a good quality beer. Larry Bell, the owner and founder of Bell's Brewing, and also on the show to talk about his new company, Upper Hand Brewing. It's been a treat, man. We really appreciate you making time for us today. Absolutely, and uh, you know maybe I'll see you up there in the Twin Cities one of these days. Hope please so. do, please drop by when you do. Please let us All know. Right. Okay, thanks, guys. You bet. There he goes, Larry Bell, and uh, also a fun fact: the only, the second guest I've ever had to dump on the beer show. That's we'll not be right, bad. We'll be right back. This is the beer show on fifteen hundred ESPN. Hello again. This is Mike Fratelloni. How to like beer. You're tuned in to the beer show. Taste your beer, letting it wash over each section of your tongue. On 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the beer show here on 1500 ESPN. Reavers and Fratelloni and our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine and Spirits. You know, we got so excited talking to Larry Bell, Ryan. That, that was cool. Uh, I know. It doesn't really get much better than that. I mean, that, that was a big, big moment for all of us. We forgot to mention the fact that you guys are going to have a tasting relating to uh, Upper Hand Brewing. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do one at both shops. As usual, it'll be the, the normal slots that we do. Minneapolis from 5 to 7 on Friday night. And we'll do the White Bear Lake store from 3 to 5. Free tastings. We've also got a really cool promotion going on right now. Beer of the Month feature for Upper Hand. They just released their 12 packs of cans. And we have their Deer Camp Amber Lager as well as their Upper Hand Light that, that Larry was now sort the, of alluding to. The Deer Camp, is a, is that an a, uh, amber? Is that yeah, what you that's, a, that's an amber lager. So it's, uh, it's BT, got is that what you're rocking? Well, it's, a, it's an empty can now, I might add. But <laughs> yes. it, yeah, that, it was it's delicious. So light. It's good. And, and it really yeah. was. I mean, Larry said it right. I mean, it's a sessionable beer. I mean, okay. you're out you're out at Deer Camp. Yep. And, you know, you want to just have some beers for a while. And then and, and, not, and, and not have a 9 point whatever. You, right, what right. was he saying? 9.06 yeah, that's right. for the 906? Yeah, right. So yeah, it was deli- and it was delicious. Yeah, I was good because the one that I had here, the uh, the fishing, excuse me, laughing fish, uh, which is the end of the season summer summer ale, which I had not, uh, I did, I guess I didn't even look at the bottom of the can, but very good. I yeah. I, I would absolutely drink this. Very quality beers, and uh, these tastings are a great chance to get out and try 
uh, a beer and, and a brand that a lot of our listeners I know have not yet. Uh, oddball question before before we kind of transition here. So you mentioned the the, the twelve pack, the sampler twelve pack, uh, correct? No, these are not samplers. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm I, I hoping missed... that one at one point they will do that. But to okay. start, they've got just two different types of beers in twelve packs, so, so they're homogenous. The reason I uh, reason I wanted to phrase it that way, though, Ryan, is do you see more of the sampler packs being sold in the summertime? People are out on the boat. Maybe they're hosting more often, or they're going to the whatever. Mm-hmm. Or does it not really matter based well, on the season? Well, you know, I'm always an advocate for those. And you know, and if you, if you if you have a party, whether it's the holidays or you know over the summer, they're always grab and go. They're super easy. Mm-hmm. Or you can use our amazing single selection to kind of do your own thing too, and that's always nice because you can mix up yep. different breweries and don't have to have just one one uh, company. But yeah, hopefully Upper Hand does do one of those in the future. It sounds like they might. Um, maybe in 2019. Well, let's ask start. Mike. Are they going to do that in the future? Well, I don't really want to speak for Larry, so... <laughs> ah, go ahead. Why not? He's not listening. He's <laughs> right. in Michigan. He's dry, uh, he's on his way to Chicago. Uh, I think everybody wants to do that. Sure. It's just a matter of... It's very labor-intensive, because sure. you have to hand-pack those ones. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, I'm, I'm guessing down the road we will most likely see something of that nature. So, Mike, let me ask you, since you are kind of the regional rep here in the Twin Cities, you know, and, and Larry mentioned in the previous segment that uh, it's just we're one of just a handful of areas that that Upper Hand Brewing is in. Why do you think it's doing so well here in the Twin Cities? I think it's really the quality of the beer, and we know it's associated with Bell's. You know, you're going to get quality. Um, Bell allows them to get source ingredients that a small brewery of this size would never be able to get. Mm-hmm. Like the UPA, Larry mm-hmm. talked about, has a lot of mosaic hops in there. And that's breed, not cheap. No, they are not. Yeah. So, uh, how do people really know them. it's associated with bells? I mean, it doesn't say. Does it say bells anywhere on the can? Um, just a little bit. Yeah. Does it? Okay. Because I, I just didn't see anything. It's. I think if I walked into your store, Ryan, it's on the side label. On the side label, I wouldn't know what this was. Right. right? Yeah, and I, and I think that you know maybe that was part of it. Maybe he maybe he wants people to sort of know through their you know grapevine, but not necessarily directly. Is this Larry's delicious toy? I mean, is it Could literally be. his like, I want to have this at my cabin. Well, let's transition UB. to the beer nerd, our guy BT with Craft Tapped. So BT, you tell me, when people are looking up a certain beer or rating a certain beer, are they more likely to try a, a beer like Upper Hand, knowing it's associated with a quality product like Bell's, or does it really not make a difference? Well, I like what Larry's doing. I love the fact that he didn't put Bell's all over it, mm-hmm. because it gives the brand a chance to stand on its own, and if people are going to like it, they're going to like it, and it also gives it some of its own identity out of the gate. Now, I think that as you want to grow sales or grow territory, and that, you know, for the craft beer world, it's all about territory. Mm-hmm. you got to expand into other territories. So what he's already talking about, Minnesota, of course, but then North Dakota, and, you know, just sort of that above the above the line uh, as he said right uh then i think the bells association you know can be woven into it a little bit more mm-hmm. on a subtle level just so that people oh i didn't know that was a bells thing that's sure. cool no wonder I, and some people will say no wonder i liked it so much if yeah. they're bells fans and you bells know, that's is cool. owned by ab it's owned by the bells family still so it, it exactly has, yeah, and that's a good a craft point. Yep, yep. And, yep so they know it's not associated with one of the big majors sure. that it's something that's associated with you know one of the progenitors of the craft yeah. world and i do like the fact that he did mention uh, that area specifically because I have a one o'clock host that's been doing garage logic for 25 years that calls it the Mackinac Bridge. <laughs> I almost brought that up to Larry, but Joe is such a fan of Bells, I didn't want to embarrass him. Sorry, Sushere, you suck. And I know you're listening at home right now. Mackinac. Mackinac Bridge. I'm going to get a text here in a minute. Yes, you are. Uh, all right, so back. So tastings, yeah. Friday, Saturday, uh, which times again? I'm sorry, So Ryan? Friday night, we're doing Minneapolis 5 to 7. Cool. Free tasting with upper hand. We'll have those 12 packs available. Again, those are on deal right now. Those are 11, or, yeah, 11.99 mm-hmm. a piece. 
and uh, and then the six packs uh, I think are around like eight ninety nine. So you know, very approachable price points for these beers. No I think it's kidding. It's really cool that they're kind of filling this sort of void. I think uh, if we're going to continue to expand the craft beer movement. You know, I, not everyone's a hipster living in, in the North Loop, right? Mm-hmm. And, and those that type of branding doesn't always resonate with all beer drinkers. But, you know, good taste is not exclusive. And, you know, there's there's parts of, you know, this state that may not want to drink the latest modest beer. But, sure. you know, they, they see Deer Camp and it's a fantastic amber lager, you know, branded more for, you know, the outdoors and, and that right type price. of lifestyle for the right price. I think it's I think it's very cool. Whether it's at Elevated or my uh, my brother from another mother, uh, Dwayne, who owns the Liquor Barrel in Golden Valley, where I'm at, uh, I, I've bought a lot of beers because of sampling. You know, sure. I mean, you're there and somebody's there sampling, and uh, yeah, what's well, the so, price? You so know, so that sounds options. great. I'll, you know, I, I came here to get this, but I'll get this too. I feel like the samplings are sometimes the only way to really discover the new mm-hmm. thing. You mm-hmm. know, without because a lot of these beers, you know, even if they are eight ninety nine, that's not something you just want to hand over without knowing what you're getting. No, so you don't want to buy four bad beers. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. How about yeah. like two? Well, well, that's one nice thing that, you know, at Elevated, I, you get the that. sampler yeah. pack, right? You have 500 loose beers that you can throw into a six pack, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. You know, Reavers, to digress a little bit, I learned something in the, in the, in the green room. Okay. So I was up at my cabin and I stopped at Zorba's, right? Everybody does. And they had a beer called Tart Mango Cart by Golden Road, right? It's a California brewer. And Actually, that might be one of those sellouts that Larry was talking about. Yeah, it, it could absolutely be. And 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 it's it's owned by a woman. It's a really cool business. It was the most delicious beer I've ever had in my entire life. It was thick and it was so good. And they, these guys said, "Oh, it was the bottom of the barrel. The the fruit." Wait, sit- start over. So- okay, so I ordered a beer on tap called Mango Cart, Tart okay. ma- Mango Cart. But it okay. came out really thick. And it came out thick, like a cream. I mean, it looked like it was viscous, like oil. And I thought, I didn't what? order a milkshake. But, yeah. and, okay. and I asked, I said, oh, is this beer? Because it, it didn't, came in a tap, but it didn't look like beer, didn't smell like beer. I had no idea that if it sits in a in a barrel or a keg for long enough, all of it settles to the bottom. Ah. And as you get the bottom of the barrel, it gets more delicious which was really unbelievable. So they so should charge a premium for the bottom of the barrel. Honest to God, they could have, because it had to be way mango. more expensive, that beer that I was drinking on the bottom right. of the barrel, because it was filled, filled well, with Well, that's mangoes. where I was going. I would say, no, I'm just going to sit here until it gets eight down more to the people order, yes. and then I'm going to order my glass. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny, because bottom of the barrel is generally a pejorative sure. term. And now, you know, from this perspective, it's like, no, yeah. I'm going to wait it out. <laughs> I'm going to be that, I'm gonna be that next poured. beer nerd who walks over... <laughs> Can you tell me how heavy your keg is of mango cart? <laughs> or they'll have like ask the, them. Uh, or they'll have the, you know, like how you the have, lines. If you have your, your your tank on the side of your grill, it'll yes, show you how much is left. Oh, that's that's where it's going to get to next. When you know you're a beer nerd, can you tell me how much is left Ooh, in that keg? That's can you let are. me take that keg out to the causeway? I'll see how much it flows. Yes. <laughs> that's what we are. We're next level here. That's yeah. what we do. We're next level thinkers. All right, BT, Craft Tap. <laughs> tell people about Craft Tap that might not be familiar, sir. Well, thank you again for having me on. Always. I mean, it's a real pleasure to see you guys again. Uh, uh, it's a craft beer lover's club. Uh, we've grown since the last time I was on the show here. Uh, we've grown to uh, 3,000 members. We've got 150 participating venues now. Cool. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's really just to get people out and explore the craft beer world and explore different venues. And that's a big part of it for us. I mean, mm-hmm. really to get, to get venue oriented or location oriented. We're always encouraging our members to 
take their membership, go into a participating venue, and hunker down there for a while. Because you're a craft beer fan, you might want to, it's summertime still, you might want to start mm-hmm. off with a Kolsch or a nice, you know, a nice, uh, something light, you know, something along those lines. But then you want to you know, explore what else they have. Then, okay, they've got a red, let me try the red. They've got something that maybe is a little heavier or a fruity thing, something else. You know, it, it's, it's a big world of craft beer in a microcosm of that is pretty much found at all of the great craft brewing locations out there. I mean, they've got a cross-section of things for everybody. So, so let me, hunker down. I was just going to ask, uh, so do you see, sense a slower time for you guys, or is it just a cyclical thing where it's getting the word out, word of mouth, someone's going, hey, what's on your phone? Is it that kind of thing? Well, I'll tell you what, it it, it, it is pretty constant all year long. Sure. I mean, beer lovers are beer lovers, so they're going to go out and visit the locations and, and go to the tap rooms and, and experience what we do with Craft Tap, encouraging that mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all year long. It's funny you bring it up. I will say this, that you know we're always encouraging new brewers or locations to become a part of our fold, because mm-hmm. it costs them nothing to be a part of the sure. fold. Uh, you know, Serve the comp pints when people come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when, when business is rocking in the summertime, it, it tends to rock a little more in the summertime. Sure. Getting a new... Uh, Getting a brewer to sign up is like, well, my, I'm full I'm here. I, you know, I don't And so, you know, I, we've got folks that that help us with that. Amy specifically, and and uh, and she knows. You know, it's like you get some nose sometimes, and then you you go back in February, and it's like, yeah. So tell me about that craft app mm-hmm. thing again. Oh, you know, sure. and, which is nice. Sure. I mean, and you know what we, else? We you... just want to we just want to help these businesses move forward. And so if it you know, takes a little time to get them to to understand what we do. And and then become a part of the fold so we can help move their business. That's what we do. Well, like you said, when you want people to hunker down, I can envision tap room jumping in the summertime. Sure. I'm not doing that in the wintertime. Right, exactly. Right? So yeah. I might take my craft tap membership, go to a place, and truly try a handful mm-hmm. of what they have and bring four people with me, right? Yeah. Sleep yeah. outside. And yeah. sleep outside. Yeah. 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 Hey, you yeah. got a cot in the back? And by the way, yes. can I take this keg out? It's loaded in the causeway. And see how heavy it is? Only if it's the stuff at the bottom, yeah. though, because I've discovered. I don't know. I'm kind right, of snobby sorry, now. I no, no, but do, it's funny you bring that up, Fred, because, yeah, that, that is what our members tend to do, though, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's summer or winter. I mean, they, they do like to experience the cross-section of what's at any given mm-hmm. brewer. And our membership is like this. I mean, you get 10 credits on your account every month for 10 bucks a month. So you get 10 complimentary points or BOGOs at bar hospitality sure. venues because they're paying cash to mm-hmm. serve you beer. So it's, it's, it's one or the other, but all the same, uh, they tend to do that. They tend to hunker down and just, they want to experience. Do- Did you say that right? 10 beers, sure. 10 bucks. Yeah. No. You sign up for longer term memberships, then it's less per month. Absolutely. Wow. Ravers, yeah. how did we miss this? The best he's, deal in beer. he's been on. You didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I didn't know maybe, I didn't know that it was that inexpensive. I mean, that can be a, a really easy well, thing to do. Well, what I always I said mean, the first time I remember when BT came on, I said, God, this is perfect for the guy that's hosting, the guy that's got his his beer nerd buddies in town. This sure. is the perfect thing for him to, to him or her uh, to do and to be a part of because then it and then it also can show you, hey, dummy, you're missing on an X, Y, and Z. At the absolutely, same time. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I have a twofold mission. We all do uh, with our with our company, and you know, obviously the members on the one side, they're the mm-hmm. ones consuming the beer. We want to make sure they're they're enjoying what they're doing uh, uh, and experiencing as much of it as they can. But I'm always looking at you know for the brewers, we want to make it a successful yeah, and the bar hospitality sure. venues that serve craft beer. Uh, we want to make it successful for them because uh, you know they're the ones that are on the on the receiving end of it and it is a real good value proposition for them because their cost of goods into a pint is you know 50 60 cents mm-hmm. if we can bring a live bod that loves craft sure. beer on their on their bar stool butts on bar stools mm-hmm. and then that's the opening salvo of a relationship because that's what happens at tap rooms right i don't you know it happens at bars too but i think at tap rooms a little more so uh there's just this 
uh, amenable, friendly nature that comes from being in a tap room. It's just a natural thing. All right, so BT, if people are hearing this or maybe are listening to it later on via the podcast online at 1500ESPN.com, how can they uh, sign up, find out more information about Craft Tapped, sir? Just go to the website. It's one T in the middle, so it's Craft Tapped. C-R-A-F-T-A-P-P-E-D dot com. And it, it, the apt part, I mean, we had tap as more of what we were doing, you mm-hmm. know, with beer taps and what have you. Mm-hmm. But we do have an app, and that's that's one of the coolest parts about it, too, is that it's all app-driven. So you go in there, your membership's right on your phone, your vouchers are all there, you can see your beer history, you can see all the locations, there's a map there, there's upcoming events that we do, happy hours and other things that we like to do, social cool. gatherings. And it's all right there, and the app just goes boom, 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 boom. So it's easy for the server... And it's uh, easy for the member, too. Super fun. Very cool. Uh, Ryan, before we run out of time, I forgot to mention, uh, all of the information on this week's tasting, upcoming tastings, things that are nature specials you guys are running are all available because you guys are extremely active on social media. Right, yeah. And the website, too. uh, It'll link you to all of our social media. That's elevatedbws.com. And Upper Hand Brewing is the featured guest this particular week. Yeah, big thanks to Larry Bell for joining us tonight. That was that was really cool. And uh, this Friday from 5 to 7 p.m.? Yeah, we'll do the tasting with Upper Hand in Minneapolis on Friday 5 to 7, Saturday 3 to 5 in White Bear. So come out, hang out with us. And that South Minneapolis location is the corner of Hiawatha and 42nd in South Minneapolis and in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. Ryan, thanks for everything you've done for the show, man. I appreciate Thank you. you. Man. Appreciate it. And uh, BT, uh, my my sincere thanks to everything that you have done for me over my career. I, I couldn't have been here without you, brother. And your name again was <laughs> <laughs> my my name is. You're a jackass, <laughs> and I love you to death. I so, love you, bro. Thank you, man. Uh, one final segment to go. Do not touch that radio dial, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Beer Show. This is the Beer Show. Let's go drink some beer on 1500 ESPN. Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni. Welcome back to the Beer Show here on uh, 1500 ESPN. My name is Chris Reavers, along with Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's East Harbor and Garden Stores. And uh, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes here um, because tomorrow, tomorrow's going to mark a pretty great day of significance here at the uh, legendary AM 1500, uh, a station that I have had the pleasure of working at for about a decade now. Um, I started with Hubbard Broadcasting in December excuse me, of November of 2007, and um, I was hired to be a board op and a producer down at the sister station, My Talk 1071. And at the time, when I was interviewed for that job, the boss, who I currently still have, Dan Seaman, said, so tell me what you know about My Talk 1071. At the time, it was FM 107.1. And I said, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I had no idea. But knowing that I was going to be here and sharing the hallways with the likes of Joe Souchere and Patrick Royce and Tommy Mischke and some of the legends in this market, you know, Don Vogel. Um, Growing up, I was always a radio nerd from the time that I was a kid to the time that I am now. I'm still a nerd when it comes to guys that have been doing this a long time, when it comes to people that have worked in this market and other markets all around the country. I've always been a fan of the product of radio whether it's staying up late at night as a kid, listening to Twins games on The Big Neighbor, hiding my radio under my pillow so that my mom would think I was asleep, to now where, you know, when I drive home, I'm listening to stations you know, in this market all over the place just because I'm a fan of the product of radio. And I believe in the product of radio. And I always have and I always will. And tomorrow, for better or for worse, 
is going to mark the last day of 1500. The station that I have known, it's going to continue. It will. I'm sorry. I don't mean to phrase it that way. I just, it's a bittersweet day for me personally. A, a chapter is going to close on, uh, on two guys that really helped dawn an industry and a livelihood of what now so many people kind of like myself have able to call a career. When the announcement uh, was made and I'm trying my best not to get a little bit emotional because it's trust me, folks, it's, it's been a long couple of weeks um, from the time we got the news. But when the announcement was made that, Garage Logic and Sports Talk and the Ride with Royce were no longer going to be carried on these airwaves. I, I I knew personally that there was going to be a reaction, but but I can tell you that what I never expected was the type of reaction that I and more importantly we as a whole were going to receive. I mean, honest to God, thousands of people have wrote have commented and explained what the show has meant to them over the years. A lot of them intently listening um, long before I had ever had the privilege of being on the same airways as these guys and, and the privilege to be a part of it all. Um, I wanted to find one specific email or maybe a couple of thoughts from people to read today that really captured kind of the wide ranging emotions that I knew that a lot of us, myself included, are, are going through and feeling right now. Um, we spent two weeks out at the state fair and being able to personally talk to and shake hands with and, and listen to people's stories of, of what Joe and Rookie and Patrick specifically have meant to them over the years. I, I started to really understand, and there was one email that I wanted to read in particular, and I'm, I'm going to do that right now before I let Manny and Mike chime in here on the beer show. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Sushre and Mr. Mikulski, I'm just a kid that loves your show. I listen almost intently every day. I, uh, I spend my day driving a truck, and I don't really have the chance to interact with a whole lot of people, at least ones I want to anyway. But what I found about your program is it's not only compelling, but you two have the ability to kind of bring people in and feel a part of the action. Um. I'm going to college right now. I have no idea what I want to do with my life, but what you have made me realize is that what you get to do every single day is really cool. And I'm curious what led you to get to this path. And I'd love to be able to sit down and talk to either one of you and see if there would be an opportunity or maybe the chance to show me how to do this. There was more, but that was the crux that I wanted to share with you. That email is signed Chris Reavers. Dated March of 2001. That was uh, an email I had sent to Joe and Rookie 17 years ago when I was fledgling at the end of my college career because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Now, what those two also don't know is I also sent that email to a couple of other shows in this market. But I can tell those people that are emailing and calling and and trying to relay their story that I get it. I, I, I know what you're going through. I was you. I was the guy that relied on the likes of 1500 to be their coworker. And um, tomorrow's going to be a tough day. But the one thing that we have here at Hubbard Broadcasting is we have a family that believes in us. 
when the announcement was made that these shows were going to discontinue, but the fact that GL was going to be held on to podcast form and the fact that these three shows and all these legendary voices on this station were going to be able to spend three weeks to essentially say goodbye to fans, folks, that's unheard of. That's not done anywhere else in this country. I'm just telling you that that's fact. And that's the way the Hubbard family does it. They handle things with class. They treat people like people. They don't treat people like numbers. And that kind of stuff matters. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is we're not going anywhere. Garage Logic is going to live on in podcast form starting next Monday. And um, you can be rest assured that I will personally make damn sure that that show is still as good as it was back in March of 2001. Hi, Michael. Wow. Ravers. You okay? I'm good. Yeah. I am. Um, I debated whether I wanted to um, to get that kind of heavy. Manny's here too. I debated whether I, whether I wanted to get that heavy, but I know that those two guys that I've worked with for over a decade now in the afternoon, they're not going to take the time to do that. Um, and they need to understand that what they have done is pretty cool and what they have done is pretty special. But they also need to know that they should take pride and take a second to appreciate that. Mm. They're so very humble that it will be tough for them. To... No, they're both jackasses. No, Don't get me wrong. They're not. <laughs> you know, it, It's funny because when I saw Pat leave the studio at, before this show, I shook his hand and I said, thank you. I didn't know what else to say. Thank yeah. you for entertaining me for 20 years. I mean, I, I don't remember ever not listening to him, right? Mm-hmm. And I it, it just, what do you say to somebody who literally you count as a friend as as when, when you're listening on the radio, they're your friends? Mike, I'm 23 hours from facing that, yeah. and I don't know what I'm going to say yeah. to him at 6 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Um, I don't envy that. Yeah, it's, it's, listen, it's... Nobody out there that's got it, got it tough right now that listens to 1500 mm-hmm. as a respite, they're not feeling bad for us. They're feeling bad that, that in certain areas, in certain facets, the show might be alternating or going away mm-hmm. a little bit. But you know what? It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to be good. Um, the station's still going to be here. Uh, Manny will be a part of it. Um, You'll just, be a part of it? It's just going to be, it's just going to be different. And, uh, that's, but that's, that's just the business. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, you're on the wrong end of things, but, I got to tell you, I, I meant what I said when I said that uh, this doesn't happen anywhere else. It, it mm-hmm. really doesn't. So I, I that's that was also my personal thanks yeah. to the way that everything has kind of been handled and 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 fold and unfolded here right before our very eyes. Because I will say, and I think I've shared this on the air. Last Friday at the State Fair w- was tough because I mean, that my was God. Heavy, man. GL GL for whatever whatever you you like or dislike about that show GL made it a point that they were going to be not only embrace the fair that they were going to become of destination viewpoint at the fair mm-hmm. and that's why it, I was very proud of the way the tactful way that it was handled so that they could essentially say goodbye to all those people which was really really cool and oftentimes unheard of so anyway Michael. Well said. Reavers, you're the best. Truly, you're the best. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Manny, same goes to you, man. Thanks, brother. Uh, if you missed any portion of the program, check out the podcast. You can find it online at 1500ESPN.com. For the boys, my name is Chris Reavers. You're listening to 1500ESPN and the Beer Show in uh, good old St. Paul and big time Minneapolis. Thank you.